0: Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Keeping Current on Frontline Immunotherapy-Chemotherapy Combinations, HER2-Positive and HER2-Negative Unresectable Advanced Gastric or Gastroesophageal Junction Adenocarcinoma. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Merck & Company, Incorporated. My name is Manish Shaw. I'm a medical oncologist, and I direct the GI oncology program here at Weill Cornell in New York. We recently published the updated ASCO guidelines for the management of upper GI cancers, and I'd just like to dive in. So in the HER2 negative space for patients with gastric G junction or esophageal adenocarcinoma, we really do need to know the patient's PDL1 combined positive score. Most tumors are positive, they have some staining, and we know that the higher the CPS score, the more beneficial there will be with immune checkpoint blockade. So if your CPS is zero, Or typically on a pathologic report form, it'll be CPS less than one. We really don't think that there's really any role of nivolumab in combination with chemotherapy as the first-line treatment for HER2-negative gastric or G-junction adenocarcinoma. Alternatively, if you're CPS-5 or higher, we think that there's a significant benefit of adding nivolumab. And then for the intermediate group of 1 to 5, you could think about checkpoint inhibition on a case-by-case basis. Honestly, most patients would not receive checkpoint inhibition, but the data here are more mixed. The HER2 negative group, including esophageal cancer, so here the addition of pembrolizumab to chemotherapy also plays a role, and there the cutoff is 10 or higher. So for esophageal adenocarcinoma and proximal G-junction adenocarcinoma, for CPS 10 or higher, a platinum-containing chemotherapy regimen with pembrolizumab is probably the best. Again, CPS zero is just chemotherapy alone, and then for the intermediate, It's a case-by-case basis that you can consider checkpoint inhibition. For the HER2-positive group, it actually makes it a little more simple. We do recommend pembrolizumab with chemotherapy and immunotherapy for most patients. Immunotherapy is considered in combination with HER2-targeted therapy for HER2-positive patients. For most patients, you would still get the CPS scanning done in this population as well. So with regard to the NCCN guidelines, they're very similar to the ASCO guidelines, and they categorize level one evidence for the CPS cutoff that we mentioned. And for less than that cutoff, they really categorize the use of immunotherapy as a level 2B. So as we can see, it's important to keep up to date with the current guideline recommendations. Next, we'll examine the efficacy for frontline anti-PD-1 immunotherapy-based strategies for advanced gastroesophageal cancer. In session two, we will focus on the efficacy results from clinical trials of approved and late-stage emerging frontline anti-PD-1 immunotherapy-based chemotherapy combinations for unrecyclable advanced gastric and g adenocarcinoma for both HER2-positive and HER2-negative cancers. So let's first start with the Keynote 811 study. This was a landmark study evaluating chemotherapy plus trastuzumab with and without pembrolizumab in HER2-positive gastric cancer. The response rates to the addition of Pembrolizumab are quite significant, and based on that, the FDA-approved Pembrolizumab in this population. Recently, we just got the survival data, and very clearly, you need to have a CPS-positive score, one or higher, to gain the benefit in terms of survival. If you have a score of less than one, in fact, chemotherapy and trastuzumab was better than adding pembrolizumab. So that's an important update that affects our practice. And then Checkmate 649, once again, the CPS fiber higher population had the most benefit with the addition of nivolumab to chemotherapy. And although the study was positive and all randomized, that was driven almost exclusively from the CPS5 or higher population. And then more recently, the Keynote 859 study demonstrated the efficacy of pembrolizumab plus chemotherapy in the first-line treatment setting for gastric and G-junction adenocarcinoma. This was a large study of almost 1,600 patients. And once again, if you have a CPS of 10 or higher, the addition of pembrolizumab significantly improves survival with chemotherapy over chemotherapy alone. Based on that, we do expect an approval of pembrolizumab in this population. Overall, immunotherapy is a critical component of the frontline treatment for both HER2-positive and HER2-negative disease. We need to know the HER2 status because it'll tell you if you need to target HER2 with trastuzumab-based therapy, but we also need the pdl one status, it's critical. If you're PDL1 positive and you're HER2 positive, you should get pembrolizumab plus chemotherapy plus trastuzumab, and if you're HER2 negative, then the CPS score of five or higher, you should add nivolumab, or if you're 10 or higher, you can add pembrolizumab as well, and again, For the intermediate scoring, it's a case-by-case basis. And then for less than one, it's really just chemotherapy alone. So in the next session, we're gonna really talk about the safety of adding immunotherapy to chemotherapy for gastroesophageal cancers. In session three, we're talking about optimizing the benefit of the addition of checkpoint inhibition to chemotherapy. And we're really focusing on the safety profiles from observed clinical trials in the role of addition of immunotherapy to chemotherapy and chemo plus trastuzumab. Here is a summary of the studies using frontline chemoimmunotherapy in gastroesophageal cancer. The positive studies are Checkmate 649, Keynote 859. These are both in HER2 negative populations and then Keno811 is in the HER2 positive population. But across all studies, you can see that the addition of the checkpoint inhibition to chemotherapy does increase the grade three, four toxicity rate by about 10 to 15%. The studies suggest that there are roughly about five to 10% increased toxicity with the addition of frontline PD-1 therapy plus chemotherapy. And this toxicity rarely led to death. Most of these chemotherapy toxicities are grade three and four, neutropenia, anemia, fatigue, and diarrhea. But don't forget about the immune-related adverse events. They include hypothyroidism, rash, colitis, and pneumonitis. There is a timeline for immunotherapy-related toxicities. The rash and diarrhea tend to occur early. Pneumonitis, myocarditis come later in timeline. Overall, adding immunotherapy to chemotherapy is well-tolerated. You have to watch out for some of the immune-related adverse events, but apart from that, you can manage the toxicity really quite well. So in summary, there's always risks and benefits to weigh. We're talking about a significant improvement in survival, roughly 25 to 35% improvement in survival, for a modest increase in grade three and four toxicity. We will now transition to the next session. So in session four, we're going to talk about the biomarkers that are important for personalized therapy in the frontline chemotherapy-immunotherapy combination strategies for upper GI cancers. So in this session, our focus is the importance of biomarkers in optimizing patient outcomes for upper GI cancers. So there are significant Number of biomarkers in upper GI cancers. PDL1 expression is important. The MSI high or MMR status is important, as well as TMB. There is overlap from that. So, most MSI high tumors will be high in PDL1 expression. Most EBV positive tumors will be high in PDL1 expression. The key biomarkers that we really need to focus on are PDL1 expression, MSI high or MMR. That's the same pathway we're targeting as well as HER2 positivity. The benefit of immunotherapy really is focused on tumors that are MSI high, that's synonymous with mismatch repair deficient, or tumors that are CPS one or higher. The tumors that are CPS less than one, they really don't benefit from immunotherapy, either for HER2 positive disease or HER2 negative disease. And that was true in Keynote 811, and then also true in Keynote 859, we see a similar status where MSI high patients have a hazard ratio of 0.34, but CPS 10 or higher have the highest benefit, 35% improvement in survival. And then with regard to Checkmate 649, we see a similar result. The higher the CPS status, the higher the benefit from the addition of immunotherapy. It's important to test our patients' predicted biomarkers, and in our last session, we'll discuss some of the short and long-term monitoring strategies to optimize the management of patients with immunotherapy combinations. So in session five, we're talking about how do we manage patients on immunotherapy-chemotherapy combinations. We'll describe practical strategies to manage adverse events from frontline immunotherapy-based combinations. And it's really important because immunotherapy will be part of our treatment strategy for the majority of patients with gastroesophageal cancer. So it's important to remember how to manage these patients. The tricky thing about immunotherapy is that the side effects can vary. They come from an overactivation of the immune system and they really cause some degree of autoimmunity. So that's why we measure. TSH levels, we're wary about the adrenal access, we see rashes, we see colitis, we see pneumonitis, but really anything where the immune system is overactivated, you could see some toxicity. We've had patients with really, really horrific rheumatoid arthritis that got worse with the addition of immunotherapy. So the key first thing to do is to educate patients on the potential toxicities and the variety of toxicities that can occur and ask questions about any new symptoms. You need to monitor the thyroid panel for pituitary adrenal function. You need to monitor for colitis, for abdominal pain, diarrhea. You have to check for liver enzymes and CAT scans of the chest if you suspect pneumonitis. So for grade one, you would continue treatment in most cases. For grade two, you would consider steroids and review the toxicity. But for grade three or higher, you really need to manage the toxicity, stop the immunotherapy and start steroids. There's also always a push to actually add anti tna therapy as well, like Lixamab or uh, similar agents. So, The key message is that immunotherapy and chemotherapy is really a mainstay of therapy for upper GI cancers. There's significant activity, particularly for CPS-positive patients, whether you're HER2-positive or negative. You need to be aware of the diversity of toxicities that can occur, and you need to manage this toxicity based on the significance of the toxicities. And then just as a reminder, remember you really can't give these agents without knowing the biomarkers. So you really need to check her 2 CPS, and mismatch repair status. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.